Okay, we're coming back in on Star Wars Visions. We did episodes one to four out of the nine episode run of the, well, I would say Star Wars pushing itself to not only creating more content, but creating more varied content and kind of making itself more into a marvel in some ways. Um, but we're, I think we're, we're at the very beginning. It's going to be interesting to see what they do when they start going back in the cinema, isn't it? What direction they're going to take. you got the Ryan Johnson, I feel, trilogy, which is still in the works, a Taika Waititi film and a Kevin Feige film. But so little is known about all of them. In the Star Wars Disney Plus era at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we've said so many times, I mean, the Star Wars series are, we've both really been enjoying them. So, whilst the films, at times, you know, I mean, you know, there have been some great new Star Wars films, but also some not as great or perhaps more divisive ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the world is their oyster really at this point. You know, there's there's kind of a lot of good ideas, but let's see how they just execute them, really. I mean, whether... I mean, we've been saying that the series format works so well for Star Wars, you know, to be able to explore the universe um, in a yeah. really detailed and kind of um, sort of very specific way, uh, especially with, like, Bad Batch, for example. You know, and that's told us more about um, the time between Episode 3 and 4 than, than you know, ever before, really, so... In, in more of an official sense, I suppose. Yeah, you, you have the offshoots in the books and whatnot in some of the games, but they're, you know, they take a bit of independent license. So here it's like more of the official, you know, kind of story filling. But yeah, I don't know, you know, I mean, lots of exciting things and, um, you know, including Star Wars Visions, I suppose, Ben. Hey? <laughs> so, including Star Wars Visions. So episode five, the ninth Jedi. The Ninth Jedi starts in a. I like the way this one starts with a immediate narrative coming over the top and setting you up with a story. Um, and I, I know we've obviously already talked about the variations, which is understandable because it's nine different studios telling their story and the story they want to tell in the animation style that they want to tell it. But I feel as this series goes on, you're getting shorts that are maybe leaning even more into the Star Wars ethos of things or following more of a pattern like we talked about the episode before this the episode before this which was called The Village Bride yeah, kind of more more leaning into that storytelling vibe so to speak they're all telling a story but there's some that have a more of a clearer narrative arc than others and that are are telling a story in in a way which is just easier to follow understandable and really um celebrating the short form of content in in the way short films done from beginning to end 
you get enough time with all the characters introduction wise and you get enough time with the story to really understand where everything's going so coming into the night jedi we obviously have and uh it's the daughter of a lightsaber smith yep say <laughs> um but we don't start with them we start at a jedi temple which is quite interesting with with a selection of jedis none of them have lightsabers but they've all been called to this one point they've been called to this one particular place so i feel and i you will inform me of this um is this more conventional japanese anime style animation yeah definitely actually yeah like when i watched this episode in particular um it felt like the start of a series as well um i don't know you know in it i I don't know if you had the kind of same feeling, but this one, like, it, it did feel much more kind of straight kind of anime. Um, I mean, we discussed on, like, some of the previous episodes, like, you know, the twins. I mean, they, you know, some of the animation style was almost like, you know, quite surreal, really. Um, and, you know, with the, with the first episode as well, I mean, that was a, a much kind of older style, the duel. Um, that was like an older style um, and kind of almost black and white in, in parts. Um, whereas this one was, this one seems much more modern, kind of like conventional, yeah. Uh, something that you'd see, like, that reminds me some some of the animation of like Gundam Wing, some of the characters and things like that. Um, but it, it, this one felt like the start of like a, almost a, a series in itself, really, you know, in, in terms of um, the kind of whole mythos of like this, you know, lightsaber smith, um, the, the, the re kind of joining of a of a Jedi order, you know, somewhere in space and calling out to Jedi's across the galaxy. It felt like, you know, the start of a really epic sort of story. Um, which is what I really loved about it. I, I love that kind of context that it gave and and that it builds on throughout the story, um, and with the characters. I mean, did, did you think it felt like a kind of like series like, you know, like a pilot, you know, for an episode uh, for a series? A hundred percent, because when you get to the end of this, it's almost like you've now set it up for the story to continue. Um, you kind of it's it's all building up at, at this sense of you get the two intertwining storylines of the all the Jedi at the temple waiting for this master who's called them there in the first place. And then you get the story of this young girl, a.k.a. probably who is the ninth Jedi. Um and her father, who's a sabersmith and being hunted down and kind of so you get those two story elements that coincide and then you get a resolution to the story as a whole. But it, it, it's very much like, and now what's next yeah. for Ethan and um, I forget the other lead character's name, the girl. Um, but it's very, it was a perfect if this was an, a series of like 10 episodes this was a perfect setup for episode one to introduce you to the characters and set you on a path going forward yeah you know the father figure reminded me of um mad milkerson's character in rogue one um Gale yes Metro, yes, know, yes, that, yes and it's kind of you, you have that similarity of you know him trying to protect his do- daughter and obviously doing some work for you know the imperials and stuff and kind of against his own sort of will and then being captured and stuff and that yeah so it kind of reminded me there of, of that and especially how the like daughter gets away and then you know fights against the empire like on her own kind of you know uh glorious mission to kind of avenge her father uh or 
well, not really avenge, but, you know, uh, to save or, you know, work towards the light side, really. So I thought that was kind of interesting and cool. And, of course, I mean, you know, we've been talking about, you know, uh, especially in Visions, how how much kind of, how much they've been emphasizing, uh, first of all, lightsabers, you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, lightsabers are always emphasized in all parts of pop culture. I mean, we were just talking about in Free Guy, how there's a great kind of a, uh, little uh, tribute to the lightsaber there at one point um, little lightsaber filming free guy which me and Artif both managed to watch over the past few days and it was blooming delightful yeah yeah that was a, a yeah a really fun watch so yeah and you know i mean this episode really kind of like emphasized the, the you know the creation of lightsabers which is something that you know is awesome and we don't really get too much you know we we'd kind of talked about this before and also the the you know the was it the kaiser crystals um yeah. uh and that's what I like a lot about the series is that they, they really explore into the sort of um, power that they have and hold uh, and also just generally kind of around lightsabers and what they mean to the person wielding it, you know, whether that, you know, that the, the color of them and, it, and that kind of indicates what side of the force they're on. And then obviously we, we have the daughter in this episode who has like this kind of gray lightsaber, um, which I thought was really cool, uh, kind of. Again, you know, we uh, and that was another thing that the series kind of picks up on that we'd mentioned before that it explores more of that gray area of the force where you, you know, somewhere between like the, you know, uh, between Jedi and Sith. And it's, uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this episode from like that point of view to like dive more into like the whole Jedi mythos and a way which was quite true to the Star Wars universe, I think, but like kind of just building upon it really, you know. I never quite understand as well. I mean, he talks about the character, the father character who creates the lightsabers. He talks about how he created them so they reflect um, how the force is shown within the person who uses the saber, like you were just mentioning, so that the color would reflect that particular person. Obviously, red for Sith and other colors for Jedi and maybe different colors for gray. Um, and I, I never quite knew if that is the case across all lightsabers or you it is a particular you have to get a particular color of kyber crystal and that reflects what color your lightsaber is yeah so i, I think in the films it was always um they could choose their color like right. the, kiss, right. the crystal they use and then sith just use red more because it was you know I suppose a more villainous color in Hollywood. <laughs> um, you're, pretty, you're pretty unlucky if you're a, a Jedi who's <laughs> separated from, uh, I don't know, lives on the outer rim, and the only kyber crystal you could find was red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or, or if, like, I mean, you know, if we're going by these rules in in this episode, you know, then if you're having a really bad day, you know, you're getting stuck in traffic, you know, it's like, oh, my lightsaber's turned red now. Like, maybe I need to chill out a little bit, and you know. Just take a few, uh, do a bit of meditation, really, you know. I mean, to be fair, the traffic light system is a pretty good system for, <laughs> <laughs> for Jedi's. You get green, so you, you're like Luke level, yellow, and I mean, yellow's the colour that Ray uses at the end, and then you get red full on Sith. So yeah, uh, maybe if they, you know, had this kind of colour system, you know, with Anakin, it would have been a bit more obvious that Anakin was... <laughs> straight into the dark side you know it's like anakin like we've been seeing your lightsabers getting red you know like is this yeah. something you want to talk about you know it's <laughs> <My> orange <mother>. exactly <laughs> <laughs> <Some> orange yellow <laughs> there should be just like a class at the beginning going okay so children <laughs> if we're green we're at a good place we're no you're a lightsaber 
But yeah, we're at one with the earth. Everyone's really happy. We're getting towards uh, yellowy orange. There's a debate as to which colour it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some questions might be asked. You know, you're OK. How's everything going on in life? If we start getting to a dark orange going towards red, uh, big problems, big problems. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, not what we're looking for. So yeah, that's why I kind of, you know, when I was watching this episode, I was wondering, um, was it always like that? But then I, I kind of remembered that, like, you know, then what's like Mace Windu? It, you know, his is purple. <laughs> what what does that mean? Is he just like the funky side of the force or something? You know, funky side of the force. He might have had a quality street tin at one point. And really, <laughs> <laughs> really like the purple color going on there. Um, or maybe he's just a big fan of Prince. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's he's the Jedi that the Jedi without a name or just a symbol Jedi like yeah name hard to say is what you're saying. It just really dark purple rain and was just like (laughs) just represents my life. (laughs) It's my favorite album. (laughs) Um, But apart from like uh, (laughs) the the lightsaber color chart, um, there was a couple of elements that I really liked to just quickly mention in this. But we had a biker race with mm. through the forests, uh, like Endor, which was good and ended up on some sheets of ice. Um, so I like that whole particular. I like just picking out particular scenes, and it's obviously it's like an homage to Star Wars, which the whole episode is. But you know how people pick to highlight particular things um, that obviously meant something to them. So it was really good to have this uh see that biker scene portrayed in a, a different way um and then i feel the fight scene at the end was was pretty enjoyable as well when we so we have the reveal the majority of these because of the way these lightsabers are as we've just discussed they reflect the person who uses them and pretty much 90 percent of the people were all sith <laughs> yeah um, so poor old Ethan, the young kid, who's just like, well, this hasn't worked out in uh, ratios. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but I thought that was pretty badass, and I liked the way. I think her saber, like you said, it kind of flickered from black to grey to a bit yellowy, didn't it? Um, yeah. Across the time, so it almost reflected like the dark saber from a uh, um, Mandalorian from the Mandalore. Yeah, uh, yeah, but did you enjoy the last, like the uh, the epic conclusion, so to speak? Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I really t- like enjoyed about this episode. Um, besides the kind of you know story points that you mentioned, I also really like the uh, kind of mystery of the um, of the Empire rep- representatives that come to take away the lightsaber smith um, because we don't really see their faces. They're wearing you know a kind of style of dress which could be imperial but could also be something else we're not entirely sure we don't see their faces um we don't know why they want the lightsaber smith and then obviously the fact that we get this kind of twist <laughs> when once all the the prospective jedis are handed their lightsabers and they all turn out to be red sits I, yeah. I thought that was a really like you know like smart like little twist and quite interesting as well because then it sort of delves into this like whole different idea of like you know um what is the sith planning what is the empire planning like was this a kind of a sort of you know a, a whole kind of i don't know agenda to essentially to flush out the lightsaber smith and also you know um essentially the one organizing it who is uh i think it's is it la cara or um the, uh, oh hi 
oh yes yeah 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 juro that's on yeah so you know i, I yeah I, I thought that was all like actually as i said it felt like the start of a series where like this is like an epic battle to kick things off and then you know um you know ethan kind of goes off onto an adventure to like fight other sis and like discover them or, or whatnot or you know so it that was a really cool little twist, I thought, and and then yeah, absolutely the fight scenes. Generally, I mean the ac- the action scenes in this episode were great, um, and they felt very true to kind of Star Wars fights. I mean, as you said, like the, the the bike scene was cool, and then going on to like having essentially like you know f- five or six Sith fighting against three Jedi's against the odds, and then it beautifully animated and mm. you know really kind of fluid action as well. Um, so it was just really cool, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, as I said earlier, like Bad Batch was for an animated kind of Star Wars series. So, you know, we we always praised how the action sequences just got better and better. And, you know, it's the same with this. I mean, the, you know, the, the style of animation, the way they created it, it just really lends itself well to like to lightsaber fights, really. So, yeah, I mean, you know, really enjoyed this episode, actually, from like a kind of in terms of like the whole visions uh i think this one so far in terms of the episodes um this one feels the closest to the whole star wars uh um kind of storyline and and you know it feels truest to it i suppose you know do you agree or no yeah very much so um it it definitely does it it follows a a number of star wars story beats um so to speak uh, and a couple of things i i love that juro's lightsaber the base of the lightsaber because it's clearly a samurai sword but the ring base of a samurai sword his is lit up as well like the lightsaber yes that particular and he you know he also portrays when we eventually see his face he has got a bit of like a qui-gon obi-wan look um to him but i also liked that we were talking about resident evil just before we came on and um the first sith kind of guy that he takes down he very much takes him down that reminded me of the lasers the red lasers in the resident evil corridor um if you remember from the first film where people get cut into loads of random pieces uh oh yeah 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 he pauses a guy takes his lightsaber out and just cuts him his half cuts him yeah. in half it's just body just you're like okay <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but yes it does very much follow those uh beats but one guy's lightsaber doesn't it, it goes from red to purple in the end so yeah Broden, uh, i think it was yeah yeah we've got another prince fan um yeah. <laughs> <this> one. <laughs> yeah yeah but overall would you say so far this is like the one you've enjoyed the most yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I, for me, I actually wanted to see more of this, uh, like, kind of develop out. You know, I, I really like the characters. I mean, the main girl, like, Larkara with, you know, her kind of grey lightsaber and the fact that she has, you know, she's kind of been connected to the Force unknowingly. Um, and then this is the event that kind of sparks her as a Jedi and kind of off on a quest. Like, I wanted to see more of this. I wanted to see this kind of develop into a whole series in, unto itself. Um and then, yeah, like, you know, having, again, like, Juro as well, like, you could probably make a whole sort of, you know, prequel series based on his, you know, uh, adventures up until this point as well. And, you know, and the fact that uh, a kind of team is formed at this point, I just, yes. I, I don't know, I just really want more from this. Um, and I feel that there's, like, so much more that they can do with it. So, yeah, I really, I really, really love this episode. I thought this one was 
it achieved a lot in a very short amount of time. I mean, I think this one was what, like in total? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's one of the longer ones. It's 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, really epic. Really just, yeah. And, said, and one, maybe one this more. is one of those things, which is what we mentioned before. Maybe they do select one or two of these episodes from the nine to then do either a series or a film on. Yeah, exactly. Which and, I feel would be a good choice going forward for Star Wars Visions. Just pick your your most popular couple of episodes and turn it into a mini series or something like that. I don't think there's gonna be anything bad that comes from um something like that. But that was episode five of Star Wars Visions. Moving on to episode six, which is created by Science Saru is the production company behind episode six T Zero B one is this particular one. I was just going to say something on on episode five. Um, actually, on, to do with the production company, on, on they they're called Production IG. And what I've noticed yeah. is that, like, from looking at their kind of what they've done in the past, I mean, they've done loads of series and, and films, like much more so than like actually some of the other you know companies that we were looking at previously. So it doesn't surprise me that this one had like I don't know more of a series setup vibe, um, more of a structure. Yeah, exactly, and like actually. You know, if they were to take it, I mean, they seem to be like the perfect company to be able to, you know, create a series and, and really, you know, uh, expand on it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, episode six. Sorry. Uh, just, I just want to go say that. No, no, dude, that's absolutely fine. T0B1. Um, and once again, let's do a little, I mean, it's a proper change uh yeah. in animation style completely. I mean, we get, I know his name's not Santa Claus, but we get Santa Claus at the beginning. Um yeah. It very much seems like, and it's. I I feel this one is also kind of, for me, sitting in the Tatooine Rhapsody type, yeah. maybe audience that it's going for, and the way the story is being told. We follow this droid. I mean, it's effectively like Pinocchio to a certain extent. <laughs> we follow this droid who wants to be a real boy, um, but he wants to be a Jedi as well, and has kind of dreams i guess as an ai system um of becoming a jedi and being uh being a real person when he is that jedi so i mean this is a particular one which i just have to be honest i did lose focus on it um a couple of times whilst watching it the animation style was i mean it all looks nice but i i definitely didn't enjoy the overall arc of this story as much as the others. Um, for me, it felt very much like an, almost like an an interval within the series. <laughs> I know that's bad to say, but that's kind of how it felt, so to speak, to myself. I mean, what were your kind of feelings going into this um, episode six of the Vision series? So I, I get what you mean. I think kind of from the interval point of view, it is quite a short episode. Uh, it's like 12, 13 minutes long. And when you first see it, it yeah, you, you think, okay, this is kind of more on the Tatooine Rhapsody vibe. But actually, I, I quite enjoyed this episode um, for a few reasons. I mean, um, the character design first, like, reminded me, do you, did you ever play Mega Man um, on, like, Nintendo, which was, like, a, a console with, you know, you were essentially, like, a hero who had, like, a, a cannon on his arm? Um, uh, no, because I was a Sega kid. Ah, I see, I see. Oh. So. Yeah, so I, I was the rival. <laughs> nah, 
But if you were a Nintendo kid, you, you probably would have spent many hours on Mega Man. But the animation style of this reminded me a lot of Mega Man, um, especially the main character as well, the main kind of you know, uh, T-Zero B1 uh, robot. But, I, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, it starts off and it feels a little bit, okay, this is going to be like a kid-friendly episode again, and, you know, let's see what happens. But, I don't know, the way it developed, I, again, it was like quite an intriguing um, storyline and, and the way... and. Just the episode, actually, I, I found, you know, um, I mean, we only kind of, we only really have three characters throughout it, but yeah, it presented a lot of interesting theories, like, one, like, can AI, you know, be a Jedi and, you know, feel the Force, um, which, you know, it proves that it can, um, and, like, two, I suppose, you know, can, can they be taught about it, um, you know, it, it, it's, I, I, from that kind of point of view, I mean, it, again, this is kind of one of the things that has never been explored in Star Wars, really at all. I mean, we, I mean, it is, I suppose, with like you know General Grievous and you know having you know um, fighting with lightsabers and whatnot, but 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 they always have like Grievous is just a they still have um, a non AI entity within the heart of. The creature isn't it because grievous is yeah. was a person before he was grievous yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, so it is similar similar-esque to the whole anakin darth vader um situation there is that well you can't say human element with grievous but there is that you know yeah he, he was something of a person beforehand yeah 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 whereas with this i don't know i just thought it was quite fun like kind of exploring from like a, a sort of kid robot point of view and um and Again, and I, I found the animation, again, it was kind of like quite weird because it did feel like more of a like kid-friendly cartoon, but then as the episode went towards the end and like, you know, the main character's kind of fighting the Sith that comes and and the, all the little robots are helping him, I actually thought it was quite a kind of true to Star Wars sort of beat in a way where it's like over being, like I don't know, I suppose overcoming one's doubts and... and you know, unleashing the true power of the force to 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 beat the bad guy, really. So I and I, I quite enjoyed this episode, like more so than I thought I would. And I was kind of surprised by the way it developed. And you know, um, yeah, again, I, it, it was kind of short and sweet. Um, I, I mean, I can see why, you know, perhaps, um, you know, it was. I mean, it was a short episode. It was, you know, but again, it was one that by the end of it, I kind of was interested to see more of the main character. You know, I, I felt that like it was a good kind of starting point again, where it's like, okay, now we have a, you know, a robot who is a Jedi, you know, like, and who basically would never age, <laughs> so can continue being a Jedi and can continue growing and knowing and, you know, learning and becoming a, you know, even more powerful Jedi. So, you know, it was, yeah, intriguing to see where it could have gone, you know, later on, really. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I give you kudos because it, there are elements to this it does change over the short life that it has of about 12 13 minutes but you, yes it does it very much shifts from the initial thought process of where you believe it's going to go so to speak with it kind of having a more childish beginnings and maturing probably quite quickly and there i mean the animation style does look lovely i always find it a little bit weird when you see stormtroopers and they appear and they appear like i feel the the reason i resembled 
Yeah, little, because <laughs> the reason uh, I resembled it to um, the Tatooine Rhapsody is because of how, like, Boba Fett and people looked. They almost, like, made miniature versions of the actual characters, um, yeah. which is, is similar-ish to what they did here. Yeah. Um, we also... Um, Hey, we get to see another lightsaber creation. So surely this is just really cementing the fact that we just need to see a Jedi build a lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's not from a film. <laughs> that's what all the Japanese studios want. They just want they just want to see like a lightsaber being done properly. Uh, you know, giving proper context to the Kyber crystals and and you know exactly what they do and how how they can be done. And yeah, that that's that's what we need. But we had, uh, I mean, you had like a bit of a. Luke and his uncle and auntie, uh, auntie, <laughs> auntie, um, situation happened, didn't you? Because they kind of found where he was living, and the, um, I, I would say his father or creator, they killed him and destroyed his house and stuff. So it was, it kind of had, you know, you had a bit of a new hope, reminiscence yeah. with the two sons and everything, um, element as well built into it. So. I, once again it's just calling back to the maybe the bits of films that spoke to these creators that are creating these series again so i mean i mean it's it's probably an interval maybe for me but at least an enjoyable one yeah i mean i i, I as i said i also like the, the the fight scene towards the end between like you know the the, the main character and the sith that comes and uh and actually, uh, another thing as well is that the um, Metaka, which is the the father figure, is played by Carl Chandler as well. Who we've, you know, he's appeared in various monster films that we've discussed, and you know, so that that was quite cool um, to see him kind of like pop up in this as well. Uh, he's, you know, got a good voice. Got to <laughs> take time off from his Godzilla duties. Exactly, you know, he's just going to be, and he was what well, he was the father, the well, the kind of responsible father there. I don't know, like. I don't know if responsible is the right word, but he was the father there. But, you know, so he's, you know, lending his voice here as well, which was, again, you know, just goes to show that even in the short episodes, um, you know, they've got like, you know, some pretty all-star cast as well. So, um, yeah, that was cool as well. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's move on to episode seven, mm. which once again, and I know we keep mentioning this, but I feel it's 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 good to mention because it's the whole point, I believe, of this series. The jump in not only style, but story-wise from episode six to episode seven, once again, is quite a jump to just yeah. a whole entire setup. So this is Trigger is the studio that presents this episode, episode seven. Episode seven is called The Elder. Um, once again, it's an isolated story in a particular place, but we kind of go back to, I feel this one's maybe a bit of a mixture of episode one, The Jewel, um, and then a bit of episode five that we've just discussed, which is our most uh, liked one, um, so to speak. But the animation style feels more like high-end classic anime that you would probably see i don't know in in maybe popular anime series now yeah i would say it's almost like western influence anime because it yeah. feels like you know that's what i'm going for or trying yeah. to explain because that's my um 
understanding of anime is nowhere near as advanced as probably yourself and a lot of others um so for me this is the anime that probably speaks to me more because it's the one i've seen more having been probably from the most popular animes that then come over and get translated into english that's or or go so to speak that they end up in the being watched by a wider audience that's why it's the clicking i guess with me more but this is this is a very like a conventional and darker um yeah. it reminded me of a very kind of maybe obi-wan anakin-esque type story absolutely and actually i was gonna say the animation kind of reminds me of like the new masters of the universe a little bit you know yeah it does it does yeah the kind of clarity of the characters and the way things are shaded and stuff it was like it felt like a very modern uh style of animation yeah but yeah, yeah I... oh sorry no 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 i was just gonna say um that it does very much hit that it is a very modern style of animation isn't it mm. that's kind of where we're we're sitting with this one in particular and uh, i was kind of and the reason i thought of the whole obi-wan anakin is because you have a very curious padawan which yeah. is very much what anakin always used to be so maybe more so not as much explored well, it does it is explored in the films, but more so across the whole of the seven series of the Clone Wars animation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, th- yeah, this one um, definitely reminded me of those kind of beats. And again, like uh, a bloody amazing cast in this one. I mean, you know, there's only kind of three kind of real central characters in uh, to it. But I mean, you know, you've got David Harbour as, as Tajin, you know, the main kind of, you know, um, Jedi um, here, which is you know pretty epic. I mean, David Harbour from Stranger Things and and whatnot, yeah. uh, and you know as we saw him recently in Black Widow as well as the uh, what was it again the, uh, the red Russian or what was it? <laughs> oh yeah, um, oh god, I can't remember. Red Front, no, the Red Guardian. The Red Guardian, that's, that's it. it yeah. Red Guardian. Yeah, the Red Front. <laughs> No, I'm just trying to, you know, it's a Sunday morning, people. We, you know, our brains are still getting into gear. So, you know, some of the <laughs> memories are just, you know, being need to be dusted off. Uh, but, yeah, David Harbour. And then, you know, you've got James Hong as well as the elder. James Hong is like, you know, a legendary Chinese actor who has been in everything. I mean, you know, I remember him best in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, the John Carpenter film. Um, yeah. He plays, you know, um, the main, uh, main villain there. And then you got Jordan Fisher as well playing the Padawan, and you know he's like an upcoming actor as well. So I mean, you know, really strong cast in this one. Um, and actually, you know, there was a lot kind of I, I love the kind of the the main Jedi like Tajin, like and his whole kind of wise um, sort of advice that he's giving to the Padawan, and and just it, it just he seemed like a very cool and universe trodden Jedi in a way. So lots of uh, you know again like. I feel like the second half of these um, these episodes really they just they each of them feels like they can have a life of their own. You know, you can dive into the history of the characters or like the going forwards of the characters and still like get loads of great sort of Star Wars stories and adventures from them. You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this one in particular as well, it feels like, and maybe not the beginning of a series but it feels like an episode within a show 
that so it very much feels like you've been following these two for a while and this is like an in between in between like in the sense that there's a whole arc going on and this is kind of a side story that happens within but it will affect the arc going forward Mm -hmm. so so to speak it feels like it's something which happens along the way which will have ramifications uh, maybe going forward but this this one feels like we're jumping in halfway through a season i don't know if you felt that way as as much as well but that's that's kind of how i felt watching this particular episode yeah, no, I completely agree, actually. You're absolutely right there. It feels like, you know, we've been following these characters for a little bit. And um, that it feels like, um, again, you know, like between episodes two and, oh, episodes one and two um, of Star Wars, that, you know, I mean, when we did the episode two, like, podcast, you know, a while back now, um, you know, we had always said that this is the sort of scene that we would have craved for the beginning of episode two, you know, something to show, Obi-Wan and Anakin on adventures together. Um, Seeing Anakin, you know, becoming a stronger and stronger Jedi, but like still having to deal with like, you know, battles and defeats and whatnot and, and more and stronger adversaries. Um, And yeah, so this one felt like really like it could slot in at that point and be in, you know, have a kind of, um, in like a middle episode, like, well, as we said, you know, we would have loved, for there to be this sort of scene at the beginning of episode two to really give that context for Anakin kind of becoming this, you know, very capable but antsy teenager. Um, and Obi-Wan there as well, kind of leading him. So, yeah. Also their relationship as a whole, that that that's kind of, I feel, that's what you get from that Clone Wars series is you get that relationship building that kind of, then it all makes sense. But I feel, yeah, if we could have had one or two of those mini missions so to be, which just adds to the character build of those particular two characters, because the relationship is so key to the overall story that it, I feel it would have just been, yeah. Well, I think as we've said before, like you mentioned, it would just, it would just, it would have set up episode two a lot better going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And also, as we discussed, you know, I mean, episode two, a lot of the first half is there's so much talking. Um, you know that you kind of i mean the the i mean really the only kind of action bits are the explosion of the ship at the beginning and then uh, is it assassination attempt exactly and alakin chasing the assassin and but then you know the the first half is lacking that kind of star wars excitement that that you kind of want and yeah that's so you know this this whole episode let's just let's just imagine that this episode is that scene you know and yeah. <laughs> and forever it will before you watch episode 2 We'll have to watch this episode first, you know. But with Ewan McGregor's face sort of superimposed on Tajin and uh, uh, Hayden Christensen on on uh, on Dan, <laughs> I mean, he looks kind of close. I mean, he's just you know, like the hairstyle, you know. <laughs> yeah, it would. You know, it makes sense for like the um, for Anakin's like uh, intrigue to the dark side having an episode like this, though, wouldn't yeah, it? It would make point. sense completely in the story. Yeah, exactly, because he's like kind of exposed to this like incredibly strong Jedi who can do like all these sorts of things, and you know, and even his master feels the you know his kind of. So we had a minor hiccup. We just you'll notice this in the edit; it drops out and then it comes back in. Um, but we continue on with what we what were we just talking about? The Anakin and Obi Wan link. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, and how. Um, 
yeah, uh, you know, the elder. It's like the perfect kind of um, story to, to, you know, uh, I mean, if, if it was, you know, it would have been a great kind of placeholder for Anakin and uh, Obi Wan between episodes one and two to, like, you know, really go out on their adventures and discover, you know, rogue Siths across the galaxy. I think that was what I found quite intriguing about this episode, though, is that the fact that you have like this rogue Sith. I mean, again, the Sith are like so. I mean, you know. In Star Wars mythos, it's you know master and uh, you know kind of one Sith um, following, really like a Sith Padawan, and then that's all you really get. But of course, there must be other Sith out there, um, mm -hmm. you know, just doing, <laughs> discovering their powers and then going about them in like villainous, villainous ways to control parts of the galaxy that we haven't seen yet, you know. And you know, so the Elder was uh, again like a quite a cool character I thought to introduce you know the fact that he is so old and being able to just essentially you know get by with being a Sith and not having been challenged by Jedi and coming up against them so it was uh yeah interesting I mean it's always that kind of dream that we look for in the sense that I mean yes more Sith out there but the kind of the live action dream that I always have of just having multiple Sith against the Jedi like Inquisitor Siths you know the hunters that are going, uh, the Sith that are like hunting Jedi, hunting the good people across the the galaxy that we never quite, never quite have gotten so far in the live action, because we're obviously a majority of the time, apart from obviously in the prequels, we are dealing with a landscape where only one, maybe two Jedi's exist anyway. But it would be good to kind of go back to that Clone Wars or so landscape, but actually have more with the other Jedis. Um, yeah, I know I'm going off on a tangent now about live action and Jedis and Sith, but still, uh, it's just, it just it's something that it makes you think about um, when you particularly see these episodes of this just random elder Sith sitting on this planet, just waiting for Jedis to find him so he can have a challenger, which is to the level he wants them to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I mean, I really like the fight scene in this because it felt like a kind of this one. Um, it felt like a real kind of samurai fight in a way because it wasn't like mega action packed, but it was kind of very tense. Um, and with the kind of beautiful animation style and obviously them fighting in the rain and stuff, it was just quite an epic um, battle, even though it was quite short. Um, and also, you know, with the Elder kind of whipping out the old Force Lightning as well, that was always pretty cool. Um, and I love the move that Tajin does at the end with his lightsaber, that he draws it in and then, like, points it towards his chest and just, you know, draws it out and, like, goes through him. And it's like, well, there you go. You know, like a real quick, efficient death, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that taken care of. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you know, with, uh, you know, in Avatars when they kind of, you know, you know, kill an animal and they kind of just like shoot a bolt through his head. It's kind of like that, but the Jedi version, you know, just shoot a lightsaber through his, you know, his chest, you know. Huh? There you go. Pretty yeah, efficient. Very efficient. He's not really taking too much time. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, I liked his kind of, there was a whole kind of um, like, I am better than you uh, aspect of it where he kind of, he took one of the, because the Elder has two lightsabers and he mm. took one of his lightsabers and just chopped it in half in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yes, the kind of the killing technique was very much just like, gotcha, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, you left your chest exposed, bam, that, 
and yeah, that's why yeah. you should that's why you should always you know yeah. watch it um but once again very kind of very cool episode very much an episode that deserves a series maybe so to speak which would easily work um you have obviously the padawan survives at the end after being taken down by the sith it just looked cool the animation looks cool the kind of storytelling and the voice acting it all very much comes together i feel in this particular episode to tell like it's just a really interesting enjoyable story from from beginning to end so i don't feel they really miss anything uh, probably one of my favorites of the series yeah definitely i, I really really enjoyed this one it, it felt like a again like I think, you know, it felt like a kind of true Star Wars, like, you know, it could fit into the Star Wars universe as like a an episode. Um, you know, as we said, if it was like on a film, like, you know, as an intro kind of scene or like an episode within a series, it felt very much like that. And yeah, it, it, this is the sort of thing that, you know, you could just expand upon, you know, so much. And that's probably what I think why we're enjoying, like, especially, I mean, a lot of these second half episodes um, that they do feel... It felt like that with the first kind of half, they, they, it was some of the episodes were taking more of a, a risk, which is awesome that they're doing that and that they, you know, kind of Star Wars have kind of granted them this, you know, license to essentially, you know, like to essentially create what they want. And we are getting like so many different vibes. But as we kind of get into the, you know, episode five with the Ninth Jedi and this one, it was like, yeah, these feel like proper Star Wars stories, you know, that this is like, you know, this is very epic and the characters and, just the scenarios that they're kind of set into and uh yeah it, it felt like proper style true star wars <laughs> true, true star wars true star wars. not saying that the others aren't true star wars but i mean these ones just felt like yeah that they probably were written by you know lucas at some point or they could have been you know uh, they could they very much could have been um well i mean i feel that brings us to a perfect uh, conclusion for today and we will obviously be covering um episodes eight and nine of the star wars visions and we might you know we might even just cover that new little little lego star wars terrifying tales that's come along <laughs> with, which is always a little a, a little jolly um side thing to go because i just like the humor and the silliness of it and it, it makes fun of itself that's i think that's what those little lego um short films we saw one obviously the holiday special and this is now they've done a halloween one but they're very good at making fun of themselves um so to speak so there will be probably some chat about that as well uh, do we have any final thoughts from yourself arts on the the string of episodes that we've just talked about today i mean as i said like these ones felt like you know if, you, if you're a star wars fan looking for star wars stories you know definitely check out episodes five and seven uh number six as well you know i enjoyed it ben was perhaps a bit more um you know um not as you know into it as as i was but you know lots of good stuff to be had though okay? <laughs> lots of good stuff to be had guys <laughs> <laughs>